What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I am Mike. With me is Kev and Josh. It has been oh, almost a month since we last talked. The Hounds preseason is in full swing, and so we are going to talk about all the things and all the feels and just generally catch up with each other. So first of all, Kevin, something happened this weekend. What happened this weekend, Kev? I made it. I made it to 33. Uh, I, I had a birthday and, uh, still here. Life didn't get me yet. So, uh, <laughs> Did you do I told fun? you, uh, ish we had a, there's, there was a new, I guess like a French restaurant bar that opened up in Knoxville. And so Riley and I went to go just have a drink and just kind of check out the new space. And did you say uh, 33 or 63? 33 oh, okay. michael right. just just making come sure. on that's something hip kids do right <laughs> new bar opens up downtown you want to go check it out that's... okay all right just check. um but because of it's like a very frenchy like theme you know they had words and descriptions on there that i didn't know what they were but i was in a good mood i was like i want a cocktail and i was like i don't know what that is but i see martini next to it i was like i like martinis um and so i go to order it and i was like i'll have the cornichon uh martini she kind of looks at me like for like a second she's like i don't like in her head now looking back at it she's like you don't want that but she's like okay <laughs> and so she she goes off and makes it and i take one sip of it and i now know uh cornichon is french for like pickled cucumber and mm. it was just a pickle martini heavy mm. on the brine and uh one of the worst things I've ever tasted, but <laughs> it, was, it was it was cool. It was an experience. I, I tasted it. It was good. Whatever. But Cornichon martinis. That's a, it's French for for pickles. That's what I know. I, I have my own. Well, first of all, happy birthday. Thank I you. know I talked to you, but officially, to, so the rest of the public can see that I'm not just a terrible person. I'll wish you happy birthday on the air. Um, just for the public. Thanks. Just for the public. <laughs> yeah. I, you could go to hell. I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have my own pickle story, but I'm going to, I'm going to wait. Josh, what have you been up to, man? I mean, it's been, you know, preseason mayhem, steel army edition, just getting everything ready. I now have all the components for the membership in stock, ready to go. Nice. Um, shipping out right after the AGM. So, if you uh, order for delivery, that's when they'll start heading out. Uh, but yeah, AGM will be the first place to pick them up. Uh, so that is all happening, man. It's it's, it's getting there. Uh, feels like it's going to be a whirlwind uh, preseason. Just getting everything out and ready to go. Uh, yeah. Are you exhausted yet? Not yet. I mean, I'm, I still have to ship out about, you know, 100 memberships. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, luckily, I don't have to do what I used to do. I used to have to go to like handwrite all of them out onto the packing like and then go to the post office and be like here's a hundred things please weigh these and tell me how much i owe you and the person would look at me like i was the antichrist <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what do you do now so now i did the whole stamps.com thing where you just have like a scale at your house that they give you well i paid for everything but in like a thermal printer so like i just weigh it and type it all in and then they print out a shipping label and I just slap it on the package and just do that, you know, a hundred times and then either go to a post office and hand them a hundred, a box of a hundred memberships or whatever. Or what I usually am doing is going throughout the whole town and local boroughs and just going to every single drop box and just like putting like 20 or so in that one, stuffing them in, in the mailbox. <laughs> like, that's yeah, fine. There's a, uh, you know, Dropbox there, Dropbox there. So, yeah, the mailman that's going around and collecting those, like, gets the first one and he's like, son of a bitch. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. gets the next one and he's like, what is going on? That's why I don't put them on one because that seems <laughs> rude. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Good. So, what's going on? Good, good. We also got the kit reveal coming up, so I'm excited yeah. for that one. I'll be yeah, I'll be going gonna... to Heinz History Center to check that out. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, yeah, I've been um, this past week has been insane, Kev. I was telling you a little bit the other day, but we went to uh, my family went up to New York City to help our other brother move from Washington Heights to the Upper West Side, which in and of itself was insane because he has a five-story walk up 
apartment. So basically we had to carry his stuff up four flights of stairs, which like all the ceilings are like 12 foot ceilings. So like they're, they're, they're longer staircases. And these are like old wonky staircases that are carpeted. And like you step on one and it gives out a little bit. And so um, it was quite the adventure, but Kev, the pickle thing, there's a place that we went to called Jacob's pickle, which like every time I go to New York, I'm going to Jacob's pickle now best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. It's crazy. But they have, it's called a dickle or dippleback. I think it's a, either a dippleback or a dickleback where you take a shot of whiskey and then a shot of pickle juice. And so Jason was like, we got to do this. So I was like, okay, fine. So I did it. And it was fine. And then there, there was also a martini that was vodka and pickle juice. Like, and they put, so like, that sounds like, exactly what I like, like what I had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, isn't this heaven? And I was like, eh. like the other food was good. Like, but yeah, so I don't, it's crazy that we both had our like pickle drinks uh, within like a week of each other. So yeah, was, I've had a pickle back. Uh, my friend, he serves those a lot during the, the is, is that the shot or is that the martini? Yeah. yeah the yeah. shot. Okay. Every, everybody yeah. in chat is now saying it's just a pickleback. Yeah. It's yeah. Clearly, it's pickleback. just not cultured. So Pittsburghers yeah. no picklebacks. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a thing. So, yeah. yeah. So did a pickle back. thing. I like pickles and I, but it's just like, I, I just couldn't, I don't know. Wasn't, wasn't my thing. Yeah. But yeah. So that, that was a bit of a whirlwind trip. And then Saturday was uh, for the scouts. It's called the Klondike Derby where of course go to bed Friday night. It's like 50 degrees out. Wake up Saturday morning, got to be 45 minutes away, and there's like six inches of snow on the ground. I was like, come on. And it's like the coldest day of the year. So um, it was fun. We like the, we went, we built a fire in the snow, and like everybody had a good time, but it was exhausting. So, Kev, when I talked to you, I was definitely like running on fumes on Sunday morning. But um, that was like the power week. It was like, come back from New York, week of work, go and do this thing on Saturday. Um, and then today we went towards Seton Hill because we're in like full college mode and like checking out colleges and stuff. So um, I don't think what's we have the, what's the two sentence thumbs up, thumbs down verdict on Seton Hill. I was I was really impressed with their focus on the students in terms of like 98 percent of students that graduate end up having a job like they're very focused from like day one of like we're going to help you get a job and we're going to help you do what you want to do um it, it just seemed like they were very locked in on cultural things um it, it's it's a catholic university but like they don't care if you're not catholic and they actually teach you about judaism and islam and like other stuff as well which i thought was really cool and open-minded from a you know born and raised catholic perspective um but uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it, it's, it's an older set of facilities. Like the, I walked in the dorms and I was like, oof. but like the rest of it was like incredible. It was not what I thought it would be. So we'll see. He, he's, he's already toward Pitt. He wants to look at Penn State, Seton Hill. We'll see what else. But um, yeah, to be back in that swing of things is, has been interesting. So yeah. Um. Well, good. Anything else going on before we get into like hound stuff? Let's do it. Okay, okay. So, guys, preseason so far, we've had three preseason games. Um, I'm gonna get to whether or not we care. One of the other things that's interesting, we care, but we we realized that over this month, we had actually got together, we had a talk, we had a meeting. This is gonna be our ninth season doing this show. We we finished eight seasons. And this is going to be season nine that we're now progressing into. I consider this to be season nine. So I think that at least from a, a podcast and broadcasting perspective, we've kind of seen a lot. And like we've kind of like chased after certain things that now we're like, just like, just take it slow. Like it'll all just simmer. We'll figure it out. It used to be like, who's that new guy? What's he going to do? And we did that for so many years that now we're like, that new guy's just going to ride the bench and then be gone after week three. So like, <laughs> it's like, let's just let preseason simmer. Let Lily do his thing. We will find out plenty about the players that we're supposed to care about by like, like week three or four. So let's just like, let's just chill. It'll be great. So with that in mind, uh, the Hounds have had three preseason games so far. Uh, they drew nil-nil with Indy. They beat Loudon two to one in like a closed door kind of thing. 
So we don't actually know who played in that game. We just know that we beat them two to one. We know who scored. Uh, and then we also lost the WVU two nothing this past weekend, which isn't great. Um, all of that said, and with the precursor of like, let's not just chase everything. I looked at the lineups and there, there were a few things that I thought we could take away from these games. Um, the general sentiment seemed to be that especially the game up against WVU was a bit rough to watch. Um, but first off, Eric Dick has started in goal for pretty much every game as far as we can tell. So like no real surprise there. He's 29 years old, six foot five. I think we talked about him before. He's bounced around the MLS for the past few years. He might just be the guy going forward. I know we have another guy that's basically fresh out of college. He might be the, you know, learn under Dick and then next year go off, take the reins, whatever it may be. So that's one thing. Um, Bubakar Dieni, which Lily is calling Baba Dieni, or I, I don't know how you say his last name, but he's, he's calling him Baba. So I'm like, okay, well, we can call him Baba. If Lily said Baba, we can say Baba, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to call him Carr. Car. Okay. He yeah, took the car. first half his first name. I'll take the second half of his first name. Cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Car, he has seen significant time up front, and he has scored half of our goals, which we've only scored two goals so far this preseason. But he got one of them, so that's cool. The other one was scored by Mertz on a PK, which like there might be something to talk about there. Is Mertz like our new PK taker? Or was this just a one-time thing? Who knows? Um, but uh, Car which we're going to just do right now. He's that was a fresh joke. Of... You don't have to actually call him Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Anyway, fresh out of Ryder University. He also played in USL League 2 and the NPSL with FC Motown. So has some experience, but he is fresh out of college. Um, this is where we might see USL League 2 sort of paying some dividends where guys are getting more competitive time outside of the college settings. The, the, the third thing that was interesting, just sort of looking at lineups, was that um, Jackson Walty, uh, he has also seen significant time in the midfield across at least the games where we can see the lineups. He is a former pit player. He's a defensive midfielder that the Hounds actually tried to sign last year, but instead he went to MLS two and split time between Austin and Colorado Rapids too. So here's a guy that we were chasing fresh out of pit. He decided to go somewhere else. Now Lily actually gets him in this might just be a recipe for another defensive midfielder that that is actually putting in some time and paying some dividends. So those were the three things that jumped out at me, at least amongst the new guys. There's still, you know, we're still seeing Mertz, we're still seeing Griffin, we're still seeing Fort, we're seeing Etu, we're seeing all the names that we would expect to see. But in terms of the three guys to keep an eye out for, especially for the next two preseason games that we have, or the remaining two, sounds like Dick, um, Dieny, and Walty are the three guys that uh, might see some significant playing time this year. Any thoughts on any of that guys? I know that there's been some players that are just getting here because of green card uh, issues and kind of like that kind of stuff. So I, I would be curious to see if we do see some more faces showing up that are getting more significant playing time. Um, I just forgot his name. The forward I was really looking forward to that we talked about last time. We oh, were on yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The guy who was had some time in the EPL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came from yeah. the Tottenham um, Academy. I want to say it was like Kenny or something like that, but maybe yeah. I'm, I wait, will I'm find combining it. him and Danny. Yeah, right. I will find it after uh, I stop talking. So <laughs> that's one person I'm, I'm uh, curious to see. I'm kind of surprised we didn't hear much about him uh, mm -hmm. last game. Uh, but it sounds like last game was kind of a cluster, so I'm not really that surprised. Yeah. Um, uh, heard word that Bob was yelling at the team well after everyone left preseason or left the stadium. So, uh, yeah, it does not sound like that went too well. Um, but yeah, so so Bob's in regular season form. It oh, yeah, like, he. I don't think good. he ever needs to warm up <laughs> like that's. Well, he also got a card in our first game, too, which is, you know. That's, yeah. That feels like that's new for him, right? Like he doesn't typically get cards. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm wondering how bad was the call that would give Bob to get a card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. Maybe you got a blue card. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Someday. Oof. There's no talk there... about that actually crossing over, right? By the way, I have feelings about this that I think go against the green. I actually kind of like it. 
but yeah, I actually don't mind it either. Well, but Kev, no. okay, hold on, hold on. You can't just say blue card. Like, tell everyone what a blue card is for those who don't know. Uh, blue card is okay. So they're put. I think they're floating it at lower league um, as like testing around Europe, uh, maybe elsewhere as well. I don't know. Um, but with the idea, okay, so we all know what a yellow card is. Yellow card is like you know. An offense where, hey, that was a little too rough. If you get a second one, you're out. If you know red card, you're you're out of the game immediately. You go and the team goes in ten men. Blue cards are kind of like if you're a fan of hockey and you get a you know a penalty and the other team gets a power play. Um, except in hockey, what generally it's like around, on average, it's around like two minutes. For blue cards, it'd be ten minutes. And so the 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 offending player has to go out the field and I believe the team goes down to to uh yeah uh, 10 men, 10 um, men. and and yeah the opposition gets power play for 10 minutes yeah basically um, power play yeah, yeah. I, I don't know I'm not opposed to it but I also feel like the refs can't call the game the way it is anyway so like let's not give them something else to potentially <laughs> screw up so yeah yeah it's Sterling, by the way. That's who I was trying to remember. Uh, that's right. Raheem? <laughs> exactly. Yes, he's leaving Chelsea to come play for us. Yeah. Scored a great goal against City on the weekend. That was great. Yeah. I should have led with this. <laughs> Josh, what are your thoughts on the blue card? Um, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to the idea of it. I need to see it in action. I know that yeah. they do that in indoor soccer and also in hockey. Obviously, it kind of has a similar system. So it's it's something I think could be cool, but I kind of also see where you're coming from, Mike, where they, I feel like for some reason, soccer, especially the refs, can't seem to be fast about decisions. And like VAR would be so much better if, they had a time limit on how long they can him and haw about if yeah. something was a foul or offside. Like it has to be timed. Like it'd yeah. be like, listen, you got 20 seconds, make the decision. If you still can't figure it out after 20 seconds, then it was too close to call and it's not a foul. Like right. I, I feel like that's the big issue right now. And if it comes to blue cards, are we going to get situations where it's like, well, we're reviewing the blue card to make sure it's not actually a yellow card or possibly a red right. card. And like, right. no, that sounds like a well, nightmare. And then you get in a situation where the coaches can challenge the blue card and like they have so many challenges because being down to 10 men for 10 minutes, like that's debilitating. That's I mean, you might as well just give them a red depending on when it happens. So yeah, like it's not be hasty there, but yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I so I didn't realize this was a thing. I was listening to the one Aston Villa podcast, and um, they were saying how in the MLS they now have uh, if you like go down injured, you basically have 15 seconds to get up again, or you have to leave the field for like two minutes or something like that. So like if you're hurt, you're hurt. But if you're like rolling around and thrashing about, you got 15 seconds to get up. Otherwise, you're out. And I kind of like that, like rein that part of the game in so that you can't just have this constant stop start. But there's a lot that needs to be fixed and it's it's not going to happen. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the game's that broken. We're I we need to be careful. Otherwise, this is going to quickly dissolve into, you know, non hounds chat. But I don't know. has with blue card talk. But okay. yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, <there's> no... <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess back to preseason guys, we've played three games, Jackson, Walty, Jackson, Walty, <laughs> but that's not, I was talking about Jackson, Walty, and then we stopped to talk about Josh. And, and I don't know. My quick, my, my quick point, what Josh, you had a comment about some other player, but my, the only thing I wanted to mention about Jackson, Walty is what, I mean, like I, I watched a little bit of the, the YouTube videos or whatever. Um, I like that he's from Pitt. I like that he was at least at some point the captain of Pitt, um, mm-hmm. which shows nice leadership abilities. Um, I think he, he, I think it was a walk on too. Like, wasn't recruited to play. Just like yeah. showed up and was like, "I'm here." Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. My only problem with with it is like I don't. I'm happy with our midfield right now, <laughs> and I don't think necessarily what? another midfielder. I don't know. It, Maybe you know he comes on it and it's great, but. It sounds like he could be a defensive mid, which could push Griffin further up the field. Like we saw him when he first came in last season, which could be a good thing. Yeah. But 
We'll see. Who knows what Bob's going to do this year? I was like, also, Bob does not need to be, you know, uh, any yeah. excuse to turn a midfielder into a defender or right. <laughs> the vice versa. Be like, no, Listen, you're now left back. The yeah. only reason why I feel confident saying defensive midfielder was because that's what Bob used to describe him. So, yeah. like, that doesn't mean that he's not going to be lining up as a number nine here at points soon because he probably will. But, like, yeah, it's like Bob calling, you know, uh, Baba Car, Baba. I'm just like, oh, Bob said it. So, like, there has to be something <laughs> to it, I guess. Um, yeah. So, we still have, we're, we're, we are 1 1 and 1 in the preseason. Unfortunately, our loss came to a college team, um, but we did get a draw and a win against the professional, professional teams that we played against. Our next game is going to be this Saturday against Pitt at Highmark Stadium, which the AGM will precede that. We will talk about that in a second. And then the following Friday, we play against Louisville to wrap up our preseason in Louisville. So um, I'm glad to see that, you know, for there, there were a few years there where we were playing predominantly college teams. I'm glad to see that the college teams we're playing, Pitt and WVU, are like legit teams. So first of all, good for Pitt and WVU for being legit teams. Second of all, good for the Hounds for play, playing legit teams. But then also to see the Hounds actually play teams that, our competitive pro teams that are in a similar situation, you know, we're going to see Indy, we're going to see Louisville. Um, so that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the teams that we're playing. Sounds like there's still a lot we got to figure out, which could be a sign of something. It could be a sign of nothing. This is where I think over the past eight years, we've come to realize, like, don't read too much into this. Um, but um, yeah, I think so far I'm kind of like, eh, on the preseason? I, I mean, Josh, are you it. feeling any differently? No. And I, the jerk reaction is always like, especially with losing to a college team and knowing how angry Bob was and everything like that. Like, oh no, there could be trouble. But like, honestly, with this type of stuff, like, if you're winning preseason games, are you really doing preseason right? Like, right. you're not there to win the game. Like, this is kind of going back to what I've always had an issue with with mls2 teams being in the league where mls2 teams their goal was to get players time to get better and like giving them like oh you need to start because you were just injured and you're not the best player that we have on our team but you're the one that we need to like you know get the minutes to like that's what preseason is like you're not putting your best team out there because you are trying to test out things and like see about formations see about new players trialists in like where they fit so like that's your goal your goal is not to win these games and that is something that like i have to keep reminding myself because you know when you hear about a team losing to a college team and you're like oh no this could be it but it's like no this is <laughs> the process like who cares like um so yeah, that's what I, I feel. I, I assume you're saying that in the sense of like putting a floor to the disappointment, because I also don't. I get the sense that like if we won all our games five no, I don't think you'd be like disappointed either, right? <laughs> like, no, but at the same time, I would think that means that Bob has the team to the point like he's way ahead of where he's usually at, and right. he knows the formation he wants. He knows everything. Like he has his pieces in place, and it's just now playing to see how good that those pieces play together. I don't. I feel like when you're losing these games, it's more like, okay, you're, this is the time to lose to figure out what's going on and like what best look. But if, if, yeah, if you're winning five, zero every game, like I think it was Indy one, seven, zero, their last preseason game. It's like, cool. You either were playing a really crappy team or like the team that you played against did the exact same thing I'm talking about where they're still trying to figure out what formations to go with. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you're firing on all cylinders now. So congrats. But I I don't think that's what this is. So I think the closer we get to the start of the season, the more nervous I get. So if we lose the next two games, like five nothing, I might be like, ooh, like that's not it. Like you would expect that after we lose two nothing WVU, that Lily would change some things to try to work stuff out. And if that's not the case, if we keep getting crushed, then it's gonna at least put a little doubt in my mind. But otherwise, I agree with you 100%. Like, sure, this is this is when you're just trying to figure it out. And there are times that we get into the season, too, where we'll be losing. But all three of us have said, like, yeah, but the eye test is showing that, like, we're making progress or we put in a good performance. And so 
yes, it stinks to lose, but we are getting better. That doesn't sound like that was the WVU case. Kev, do you have any feelings about being one, one and one at this point? No, I'm, I'm notoriously very just, um, yeah, I don't care about preseason. I, I I agree with the sentiment that Josh gives. Is like I think it's a time to figure stuff out. I think it's a, it's a time for players to get used to you know their new living quarters coming in, playing in in Highmark. You know the new training uh, facility. Um, just kind of getting used to you know the players that you're playing with, and you know I think partnerships are important in in any sport that you play in. So yeah, I mean all this takes time, um, especially Lily, who can be. I get the sense not the easiest coach to play under. Um, so, nah, I, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of with you. If if in the last preseason game when we're playing Louisville and we look bad, then fine. That's but that's pretty much the only thing I'm taking away from like preseason action, especially results from preseason games. If we still have or trialists that we have not signed, and so we 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 like right now we have six trialists. I think we haven't signed yet. So like. If they're still being trialed, then I would expect them to still be getting time on the field when their starting players would not be on the field. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, even that last game, if we are still testing out trialists, like, that's not our full team. That's not our right. strongest team. That's trying to figure out if the guy who's going to be right in the bench is going to be on the team or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mertz and Forbes and Griffin and Rovi, Lily knows what they are. Like he, he doesn't need to play Etu. them in every game at two. He knows, <laughs> he knows who they are and, uh, and he doesn't need to give them minutes in the preseason because he knows what he's going to get out of them. So yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, two more games. We'll see how it shakes out. And then we're going to be talking season here. Um, there is some talk of a, a, a crossover prediction show with Hounsey, which could be a lot of fun. Um, so we're still sort of working out the details for that. But uh, stay tuned. I think I think that will predominantly air on Hounsey. So if you don't listen to Hounsey, the Steel Army podcast, make sure you go subscribe. Listen to Hounsey. It's another great show. I love listening to somebody else talk about the Hounds. So really good stuff. Um, but that's pretty much it, at least in terms of like what's happened in the preseason thus far. Uh, Josh, as you alluded to, we have a kit reveal this Wednesday at the Heinz History Center at 6 p.m. The Hounds put out a tweet today uh, saying if you're going, you need to RSVP. Um, we know a bunch of people that are going to be there. It should be a good time. Um, they also put out a little teaser image, which I will share on the screen right now. It gives away tons of details, as in it gives away absolutely nothing. It's a completely backlit image of a player. Kevin is like squinting at the screen to try to see if he can make out anything at all. Josh, I saw the Steel Army put out a tweet where they tried to like desaturate it and try to see what's there. And the Hounds did a good job of like making yeah. sure you can't do that. There, there's um, some digital trickery afoot with this image yeah. because you cannot desaturate it enough to actually see anything on the front. And when you do desaturate it, you realize that it's like been blacked out. So yeah. there, there's nothing to glean from this at all, except for I think if I remember right, you can see the Hounds logo on the shorts at some yes. point, like that. That's about the only thing that you're you're going to get from this image. Um, yeah. So, you know, and, and I think that's, shoes. that's yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it, it is. I mean, if, if it means anything, I think the logo that was on the Hound shorts is their logo, not their 25th anniversary logo. So we were speculating, sure. like, are we going to see the 25th anniversary logo in place of the actual logo? Seems like it's going to be predominantly the existing logo, which like, cool. Um, that said, they've never done an event like this before. I think we've been calling for something like this for years. Last year, they did like the video thing. I, I distinctly remember who was it biasi and ibarra like looking tough wearing the it was the third kit wasn't it the white kit yeah with like the dots yeah that looked great so each year the team has sort of been stepping up their game a little bit this will be the first in-person live reveal um josh you're gonna be there do you have any sort of thoughts or ideas on what you think we might see there um, it's like two hours long, which surprised me. It's not short. It's just, this isn't like, you know, go in, have some, you know, cocktail weenies or something like that. And then they, they show off the kits and that's it. Like this thing sounds like there's gonna be a lot of speeches, which we've had kit reveals at Highmark like that before yep. where like everyone sits down and like Bob introduces the players as well. And they come out in the new kits and like Bob does the thing where he says like every single player's name and gives a little <laughs> bio about them. And like, 
makes them all embarrassed. It's it's like the first day of class like that, and they're just like sitting there listening to Bob gush over them about whatever he reason why he signed them. Um, and then you that's when you also find out that Bob has all these like connections through like and like I know him because he played and blah blah blah, and then I we played against them and blah, yeah. So it's it's always kind of fun actually. Um, so that I guess that could take two hours. No, I think about it. It's Bob. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> for sure. but yeah, the fact that it's at Heinz uh, is kind of cool. Like Heinz History Museum, that, that should be really fun. Uh, I'm kind of surprised by the fact that it is there. It makes me wonder what they're going to do and like what kind of clientele they're like bringing to this thing. Like, are they, you know, wine and dining some people for this? Are we going to get my like, benefit? I can tell you that much. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you think we're going to get some kind of like red ketchup kit? Oh my god. No, no, I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting. The collab with the history center, like some history of Pittsburgh on one kit, like a whole story of the city. No. <laughs> we talked about fizzy kits, like, but yeah, uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well no, so, so we we've behind... seen the warm-up kits. Like the yeah. warm-up kits are kind of busy. They're cool. that's where you do the busyness yeah. is the warm-up kit. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Heinz yeah. History Center is in between downtown and the strip district, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I kind of I like the idea of them go like getting outside of Highmark and kind of yeah. getting into the city a little bit more for any kind of event. That's kind of I like that. It's cool. Yeah. Great. And and they bring back it to Heinz ketchup is they recently got the giant Heinz ketchup bottle from uh the Steelers stadium once it changed names. They yep. uh are the ones who got one of those ketchup bottles and now it's on the side of the building. It's pretty yep. cool. I actually drive by it every time I go into work because I I'm also on this trip. So uh it's pretty cool. Makes it easy for me because I can just go to work and then just walk over to the history center. Uh don't have to pay for parking. So sweet. Uh the last time we did something not at Highmark that I remember at least was the very first season at Highmark. They did a kit reveal at Hard Rock Cafe. They Ooh. had like Stone Station Square. Is yeah. it still there? Okay. Hard Rock Cafe is still in Station Square. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they they had like the stage at Hard Hard, Hard Rock, and they had all the players come out. Hunter Gilstrap with the the new keeper kit and all that kind of <laughs> nice. stuff. Uh, yeah, it was it was really fun. Um, and then ever since then they just done it at Highmark. If they do anything yeah. at all. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so it should be exciting. Um, apparently, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you might still be able to RSVP. If you go over to Twitter, uh, the link is there. You can click, but you have to RSVP uh, to get in because it sounds like there is going to be some limited space. Um, Kev, any any hopes? What do you what do you what do you think we're actually going to see? Black and gold. Beyond that, no idea. You know, I way to go uh, out on a limb, Kev. Well, how could you know? <laughs> you, know, you know what i have this weird feeling that for all of the hype of it being charlie and like charlie does a lot of like subliminated stuff i'm expecting to see like a solid black kit which is like the logo and charlie and like spawn like just straight black like black top <laughs> black shorts black socks we'll see i maybe you know maybe i'm taking the uh the teaser that they put out too literally but I think after seeing sort of like the gray with the subliminated stuff for the practice kits, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I I think we're still gonna see black and gold. Like we're gonna see, we're still gonna have the hoops. I think I think the hoops are not going away. Uh, that's my my hope. I think it's gonna be a lot more stuff happening with the hoops. But I think the hoops are gonna be there, um, which will make so. me happy. It won't make you happy, but uh, yeah. it will make me happy. <laughs> Remind me again too. I mean, have we switched um, like kit spot, like or not kit sponsors yes. necessarily, but kit manufacturers? Or yes, whatever? Charlie. Yeah. Uh, instead of uh, Adidas. Yeah. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Clearly, um, oh, you weren't on the last show, Kev, where we talked all about this. Yes. So Charlie, they they predominantly do the kits for Liga MX in Mexico. Okay um and I, I don't know if they were the primary sponsor for their whole league or what but they're starting to move north and so i think there's a few other teams that they've partnered with this year but Sweet. this is sort of like the big foray for them into the u.s market so there's a chance for them to really kind of 
want to show off and do something fun. Yeah. And so we're getting all new kits. This isn't like in previous years where you just get a new home kit, but you keep the away. It's all new. It's a new, new provider, new everything. So, um, cool. The practice kits look cool. They're, they're all wearing pennies that say Charlie on them. Um, so we'll see. They, they also put the team also put out a teaser today of the guys. Like it was raining, like there was a shot of Rivera and Biasi and the shields, like opening a box and you're like, Oh, and like teasing that on Wednesday, they'll reveal to the world what the kits look like. So again, I like the effort. Like it's, it's yeah, better it's cool. than we've seen previously. So yeah, yeah. good. Um, um yeah. I don't think you have it on the agenda, but did we talk about the theme nights that they announced for Oh, I did not put it on the agenda. No. Right. Um, I haven't pulled it up, so I can I can it. run go, through Josh. some of these. Do so it. we have uh, a mini banner giveaway in light up thunder sticks for the first game. Nice. So that's a classic thunder sticks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> Loop Rollins, which I believe is a guy who has a whip and he does like whip <laughs> tricks. So that's I, wanna be neat. I, I need something like that in my life where it's like, you know, Mike, the guy with a tree, like yeah, the whip like guy. Come on. Random. Yeah. yeah. Of course, $1 beers are coming back. We have a couple of those. Uh, then they got those squish ammo giveaway. Those like the uh-huh. ammo head. That's like a yeah. little stuffed animal. That looks, those look cool. Um, then I think uh, Hacksaw Jim Douglas is going to be there. They have a couple of guests, like celebrity guests. Um, I can't remember exactly who it is, but June 1st, the one I'm excited for is the Kenny Forbes bobblehead giveaway. So he will be joining my ammo bobblehead and uh, getting a Kenny Forbes one. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, And then they have um, Mount Rushmore giveaway, which is Hall of Fame night. So what we're assuming, they don't say it, but we're assuming that it will be like Mount Rushmore of like big sock, uh, big um, hounds. Yeah. Like people on like a Mount Rushmore type poster or something, or maybe that's going to be like a little mini stadium like they did last time, but it's not Rushmore, but it was like, <laughs> we'll see. We can have a whole debate about like who's on the Mount Rushmore, but we won't just keep going. We'll, we'll save that for another show. Uh, everyone was waiting for this with bated breath. Uh, the superstars the are coming stars back, are so back. don't worry, we have them coming back. Uh, some dude that does magic, Brian Cummings um it's going to be there <laughs> uh chainsaw juggling with mad chad uh so we got whip guy and chainsaw guy uh not going to be there the same day unfortunately that could have been interesting oh. <laughs> uh and then a p- puzzle mosaic giveaway i don't know what that's about i'm guessing like a little like table puzzle that maybe is high mark or something like that and then just more dollar beers so yeah. it's I'm excited for some of these. Like, I'm kind of excited for. I'm I'm super excited for the fact that we're actually going to get a player bobblehead. Like, yeah. that's that's fun. I think a bobblehead should be like every year a different yeah. player. Well, even just the anticipation of Whip Guy and Chainsaw Guy, <laughs> even if it's terrible. Oh yeah, the anticipation is already like you've won, right? It's like it's yeah. fun, right? You're yeah. like, oh, what's Whip Guy gonna be like? Even if it's bad, it's that joy that you've got from the anticipation. It's great. Are yeah. you implying that? whip guy could be bad <laughs> i don't i don't think any whip guy could be bad because either he is so good that he amazes you or he hits himself with the whip and you're just like Ooh. <laughs> so like either way it is a good show <laughs> listen i think you could pick sort of any kind of task and put him in front of a bunch of people and like if they get excited enough i saw a video today of the guy it was like on the 16th green of the u.s open all he was doing was changing the placement of the hole. But because there were like people in the stands around him, as soon as he goes to punch the hole, they're like, yeah, like losing their mind. And I could just see that being whip guy and change, even if they're terrible. It's just like, yeah, whip guy. I'm, I'm a little bit sad. We don't got chin balancing guy back. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> he would just balance stuff on his chin and he had like a, like a See, giant ladder balance. That kind of gives it away. Like I know what chin balancing guy is going to do. He's going to bounce things on his chin. What is whip guy going to do? Right. <laughs> He's going to whip things. Whole, <laughs> well, is he, I don't know. Is he going to like grab things and like move them around? Gotcha, right. Is gotcha. he going to like swing on things? What's he going to whip is, is exactly, the question. Yeah. Yeah. Or is he going to like use it like a ribbon dance, like Will Ferrell in old school and just like prance <laughs> around the field and not actually whip anything at all? I don't know. Well, this guy has idea. a cowboy hat and like, uh, you know, he, he looks like I he's going to be even better. That would be better. You're right. Yeah. 
but yes uh so you know a strong special appearance lineup and uh a giveaway lineup i'm excited for a lot of these things and i i love the fact that they're actually doing these like bobbleheads and like this yeah. mount rushmore could be cool if it's i'm, I'm hoping it's actually like a, a another statue thing like that's kind of cool yeah hopefully it's more than 500 that's that's what i'm gonna say you, you yeah. need to do more than 500 <laughs> the rush at the gate to get one of those is is tough yes yeah you miss out on the rest of the experience of tailgating and enjoying what's going on in the parking lot so i agree um good catch josh yeah we uh we definitely should talk about that soon <laughs> um so we also mentioned that coming up we got the steel army agm it's gonna be saturday at 2 p.m at highmark before the pit match which is at 4 p.m josh any little teasers as to what people can expect from the agm yeah so uh we go over our normal slides where we talk about you know what we did last year what we spent spent stuff on and all that kind of stuff uh but this year we have uh four people running for the two open uh member representative spots so that's always exciting because now we actually have an election on our hands and sometimes we're just like you know eh, two or three people apply and it's not much of a, a race but yeah four people and they're all great candidates uh so if you're already a member from last year you should have gotten the email or if you joined up this year you will have gotten the email um and the the other thing that's new this year is we have a whole new system for how you are getting your discounts from the the front office so like we we have membership numbers big stuff oh. happening over here yeah so <laughs> so your membership card will have a number on it and that's how you give that information to them so they know that you're an actual member um wow yeah yeah it's we we had that's, a sticker party where we just had all the membership cards and the membership numbers stickers and just putting them on the membership cards. So that was fun. That makes me think that they were thinking that like people were abusing using the benefits before, but it's maybe. also nice because now I can just give them a whole bunch of numbers and be like, these are the members. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about giving, you know, away member information or emails and that kind of stuff. Oh, but fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes it a lot more private and a lot better. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, so that isn't a huge deal to most, but it is going to be a change. And uh, we've already lined up some good discounts from local businesses. So we'll be announcing those. Most of them are from previous years, but there are some new ones. So uh, that is also nice to see some new local business discounts with your membership card. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, if, if you're a Steel Army member, make sure that you get down to Highmark this Saturday at 2 p.m. for the AGM, and then you can stick around for the uh, for the game against Pitt at 4. Um, good, good stuff. Guys, one other thing, well, I guess two other things that uh, I wanted to touch on here. The first one is it's been making the rounds uh, for a while now all over the Twitterverse, sort of the, the craziness that's going on with the U.S. Open Cup. Kev, I think we actually talked about this the last time you were on, which was probably two months ago where MLS is attempting to withdraw from the U.S. Open Cup and instead just uh, enter their two teams, basically saying that there's too much, there's too many games, too much game congestion. They can't stomach doing the U.S. Open Cup. All the while, they introduce a new tournament where they play between, you know, the U.S. and Mexico. So it's total hypocrisy. And uh, there's real concern that the U.S. US Open Cup is just going to tank as a result, it's just going to go away. And uh, that would be a real shame um, because the US Open Cup has been around literally, it feels like forever. Uh, we are now getting confirmation as of today from uh, Jeff Carlisle on Twitter that Arthur Madison uh, has resigned as the head of the Open Cup committee. And the rationale was he said he was asked to, quote, stand down by higher ups on multiple occasions in terms of finding a solution as it relates to MLS participation. Um, and he says that the cup is in grave danger. So now we're in a situation where the um, basically the, the head of the U.S. Open Cup committee is stepping aside because he's been pushing back against MLS and the powers that be are saying stop pushing back against MLS um and he's thinking that uh we may not have an open cup and oh. there's been an even more recent update now where preliminary plans for the 
cup this year have been approved by a subcommittee on the federation um and it's looking like there's going to be a compromise so we are going to get a cup uh but it's going to be not the same but not everything mls wanted uh it's not been like confirmed yet but we're talking like there'll be like a hybrid term tournament where not every MLS team will participate, but the, like some of them will uh, a percentage of them will. Uh, and part of the deal in wheeling and dealing was one of the things that MLS was asking for. Apparently was like 40% of ticket sales for away games that MLS teams participate in. So like they were trying to get a cut of that game profits that teams make when MLS goes into like a, you know, Highmark stadium or uh lower field or something like that. Not lower field. What's the name of the Louisville field? I can't remember, but that's just BS. Like if, if they got the 40% deal and they get this, that's not great, but overall, yeah, it, it's a really crap situation. It got to the point where, Apparently, CONCACAF stepped in as well, like, and started, mm -hmm. like, helping negotiate things with USSF and MLS. It's just not a good sign when the top league in America can bully the Federation. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a good sign of a healthy uh, system where one league gets to decide what the Open Cup is and what these tournaments are. Um, so... Hopefully it's good. Hopefully the the you know compromise is fine. But the fact that we're not going to get all the MLS teams and the fact that they're probably all going to join in like the last round, like it's just going to be like a walk in. Not great. It's it feels like a bit of a hot mess. Um, there was a scene in the last season of uh, Ted Lasso where the one owner basically. A bunch of the owner, it, it was they were basically talking about the Super League without saying the Super League, where all of these owners are like, we could make all of this money and we could do all of this. And the owner of uh, the the main team from Ted Lasso just basically was like, shame on you. Like, why do you need more money? Like, you're literally destroying this game for all of the fans that love it. You used to be one of those fans that loved it. And now you can't see past dollar signs. And that feels very much what this is. All of the power is in the 30 or so owners in MLS, and they just decide what they want to do. And it's all based on money. It doesn't matter what the fans want. Again, I was listening to Aston Villa podcast today, and they were talking about how important the FA Cup is to them because it literally shows you who the best team is in England from bottom to top. There's no other teams involved. You can't include, in our case, we wouldn't have teams from Mexico or Canada. This is trying to determine the best team in, in the U.S. And sure, it oftentimes is going to be an MLS team that wins it, but this is all motivated by money, clearly, by the fact that they want to go into lower division leagues and take 40% of the ticket sales because they know that people are going to go see them. Like, imagine the game when Columbus Crew came to Highmark Stadium. If Highmark sells out the way that it does, and it's an amazing environment, and Columbus Crew literally just showed up, and they get 40% of the ticket sales for that event? Are you kidding? Like, they need that? Are you kidding me? It just... Yeah, and, and like, on top of that, already when Highmark hosts an Open Cup game, a lot of their money goes to the Federation. Like right. they don't even make that much money. Like it's yeah, it sells out and they do make money. Don't get, get me wrong, but it's more about the publicity. It's right. not about the ticket sales because at that point, like if they have to pay the Federation and then give away almost half the profits, they're going to be, it's going to cost the hounds money to host right. a game. And at that point, is it worth it? Are we just going to see all these games happen in MLS stadiums because it's not worth it for a stadium to the pony or a lower league to pony up that money? Um, yeah, it's it's all bad. It's not great. <laughs> if it happens this year, I guess there's a small you know silver lining. Cool that it happens, but they better not get the gate sales. Apparently, another thing was like they want the federation to pay even more for travel costs and all that kind of stuff. So like if MLS has to travel, like the federation is going to be footing that bill which the Federation's foot in the bill, that means all the other teams who have to pay into it are going to be foot in the bill. 
So, yeah, it's not not good. It's one of those things too, where you know, I there, someone was describing the Super Bowl as being like not a game for the fans. Like the the last game that's actually for the fans is the conference finals. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to the Super Bowl, that's when all the people who don't actually care about sports will turn tune in to watch it. And it feels like the Open Cup is one of those things that it's for the fans. And in a game like a Columbus Crew versus a Riverhounds, you're going to have more fans that don't care about either of those teams during the rest of the season. Tune in because it's an underdog underdog story. It's the USL versus the MLS. So you have more people from the USL that are tuning into that than I think you have people from the USL tuning into the MLS finals, in which case, or even, you know, for say the USL finals. Like how many people who weren't fans of the two teams that were in the finals this year tune in to actually watch that game? Probably not a lot. But if you have sort of a David versus Goliath sort of situation where the big teams coming down to play at Highmark Stadium, there's a story there that people want to tune in and watch and you want to root for one side over another, whatever it may be. And that all just gets destroyed. And maybe it's the fact that in all of those scenarios, the MLS is always going to be the bad guy because they're always going to be playing against a lower division team if they're not just playing against themselves. So why would they want to look like the bad guy in any of those scenarios? But still, like it just, this has been the rule from prior to MLS even existing. So why do they think now they can come in and just change the rule? And it, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I really hope that, you know, USSF develops a backbone and like stands up for what's right. But, you know, it, it pains me to say that money typically wins out and it probably will in this scenario too. Just to maybe ask an unspoken yet, maybe you guys have obvious, maybe it's not so obvious. I mean, would you still want the, even just phrasing it this way is kind of odd. Would you still want the Open Cup to exist if MLS teams weren't in it? So I don't think the Open Cup can exist without like it has to involve all the leagues in America. That's what makes it the Open Cup. If it doesn't include MLS at that point, I feel like what needs to happen is the Federation needs to threaten desanctioning, like pretty much being like, well, you're not a first division team anymore. Like if you don't participate in the the nation, you know, cup basically then are you part of this federation and i think the answer is no at that point um but i guess to directly answer the question is it it dies without them and like it also is supposed to get you entry like Concacaf and that kind of stuff um so like does that happen i guess not (laughs) like yeah you know what i mean i mean the other thing they could do and i'm not saying i i have no hopes that this is going to happen But the USL Super League, which is the women's league, was also sanctioned as being Division One now. So I think a lot of us were thinking, well, that would be D two, and you'd have the NWSL as the as the Division One. There's now two Division One leagues for women in US soccer. The other thing they could do is just say, as a result of this, the USL Championship is now D one, and change the rules around what goes into D one, and now MLS is more directly competing with USL. In which case, you know, USL would be like the top league competing in the U.S. Open Cup and MLS choosing not to to participate as sort of excluding themselves from that competition and thus devaluing their product in some way. But I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't trust people with money to make decisions that don't involve money anymore. I've just become very cynical. Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I... I like, um, I like considering bold changes to things like this. I don't think, I don't know. I, I'm um, Rory Smith, a uh, journalist who covers soccer. I, think, I don't know what he's doing anymore. He, what he once was for the New York Times, like the lead soccer editor or whatever. Um, I remember he made an argument. Um, I think it was around the time a couple of years ago when VAR was really kind of getting kicked off and like radical changes were even being talked of on top of it. And his take was like, look, these are like, these aren't 
like the rules of soccer weren't like written by God on stone, never to be changed. Like I think, like the, it, it, you can allow these things to change, right? You, you just make a decision. It's just a bunch of people sitting around a table saying, "I think this is ha- what's good for the game," and there we're going to do it. Um, so, you know, it, the idea of the USL all of a sudden becoming a D1 um, league sounds radical, but like, who cares? Whatever. Like, right. you know, it, and even if something like then, you know, and then if if they don't, if for whatever reason it doesn't work, and then things change after that fine change it after that and we can all remember oh remember that one time when usl was d1 or you know what i mean like it's i don't know so i mean i understand that underneath all of this are real people who you know are employed through the sport um and fans who you know gain a lot of community and enjoyment uh, and identity by being a fan and you don't want to um take that away and uh devalue it in any in any way that's unnecessary but at the same time i don't know i don't think i don't think everything should stay the same (laughs) in sport and and this might be one of the cases and that's not me trying to say that like mls should leave no i think it's terrible I, i i love the idea of the cup you know existing as it as it has been and uh yeah yeah like would the fa cup exist if the premier league no, play it. Well, uh, I, no, yes, that's but what no. I'm saying. Like that's yes, it doesn't I mean, exist. <laughs> there, there's a slight difference because I would argue. I mean, there's like you know, freaking like 28 leagues in, in England, and they're all dense, right? So like you can kind of just take a train, you know, and it's so it, it's a little different. Whereas like how many tiers does England have versus like how many tiers do we have? So it would be a little different if you take away the thing. But yes, I, I completely agree. No, it, it devalues it and it's yeah. 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 So that's our thoughts on that. Let us know what you think. Um, I'm I'm not guessing that there's gonna be a lot of people in MLS camp. Even MLS fans seem not to be thrilled by this decision. So Again, money sort of wins out. Guys, the last thing that uh, I had on here was just that our buddy John, a.k.a. USL Tactics, put out his season preview. Uh, Basically, if you don't subscribe to him, go subscribe to him uh, via email. You will get periodic uh, stories from him. um, And uh, and go check that. He's also all all, all over social media. But uh, in his season preview, he has the Hounds coming in ninth. In the USL or in the East? in in the east and so the caveat there is that he knows that like he does this every year and then bob just like bites him josh is nodding his head yes but the teams that he has the the order that he has finishing things right now in the east is louisville at the top the battery after that then tampa which like i think we could probably all agree that those are the teams that are probably going to be at the top north carolina who are now back in the usl he has in fifth followed by Rhode Island, which we've talked about, new home of Dequa and uh, Marky Barra. Um, uh, Detroit City, followed by Indy, Fraudford, and then Pittsburgh. And the only three teams that are below Pittsburgh are Birmingham, Loudoun, and Miami. So, Josh, what is your immediate reaction to seeing this? BS. This is every single year. I actually called him out on, I think, last time where I just like posted every single thing he said about our uh, the Hounds last season uh, in his preseason post and how he had them like bottom of not bottom of the table. We had them like pretty low. I don't yeah. think it was quite ninth, but it was like close to ninth place. And it's like. You did this last year. You did like you always think that the team's going to be complete crap because you can't imagine that Bob's going to find diamonds in the rough and then he finds diamonds in the rough. And I think he's overvaluing a lot of these teams, like just because, like, we've seen this time and time again where a new team comes into the league, they pay all this money for the big names, and then, oh, they don't know how to play together because it's the first season and it's a rough start. So like a new coach, a new team, uh, all new players, like there's no synergy there and the team plummets and doesn't do great. So like Dequa going to them is probably like, yeah, he's a good player, but like you need to have a system around you. And I don't think that system's there unless they were like taking like five players from one team and put them into there to kind of like give them a little bit of a base. 
but that's not what they did. And having North Carolina, who played in League One before this, doing this is like they don't have those players either that are to the quality of championship. They're right. they're they're going to struggle. So yeah, there's there's a lot of you know hand waving here going on that kind of feels like I don't know where he's getting these numbers, and I know he has percentages and stuff like that on there. Uh, so I'm sure he has some math backing this, but I think it's fuzzy math at best with yeah. loose statistics to base it off of. Liz uh, added a comment saying, to be fair, you guys are real negative last year. I was real negative last year. I feel like you guys were generally more positive. So It wasn't hard it, to be more positive than you. Right? <laughs> this is true. I was, I was very <laughs> negative last year. Kev, do you have any thoughts on, on ninth? I, I feel like you're going to be the one that's like, I think it's fair. Like, what, I, look, I'm just... <laughs> I'm trying to understand if I'm trying to put myself in his shoes, right? Now, if, if I put myself in his shoes, he has to make these off of some kind of like, you know, data and like, em, like empirical something, something, right? Like he can't just say like, ah, oh, Lily's done it before. He'll do it again. So fourth. I like, want a t-shirt I, that says empirical something, something. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> I get that in that sense. Every year, you know, we have turnover and every year it seems like we tend to lose, you know, core players. Um, so I understand, you know, putting us that, I think, I mean, the best thing we can do, I think year in and year out is to try to get more out of Lily. And if that means hiring, um, kind of professional staff, front office staff, um, or even like coaching staff that take away like noise and distraction from Lily's job of, you know, winning games, then I think that's like, that's the best signing I think we can make. Um, because he's shown, as Josh has said, like, yeah, he's shown the ability to go out and, 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 and create a team that works for him that season. And I've, I have no doubt he'll do it again, uh, this season. So yeah, I, I mean, obviously like, yeah, ninth way too low, but like, what do you want him to do? Like, other than say like, well, he's great and fourth. And then it's just <laughs> like, then it kind of, you know, so. You can make math say whatever you want to say. He can make the math work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We'll have to try to get John on here before the uh, before the season starts, or maybe once the season starts. Interrogate him, Mike. He's not coming anywhere near this podcast. Are you kidding me? He's come on many times. No, I know, but like few years. Hey, you want to come on to the to the podcast that you uh, knowingly, you know? Listen, listen. He's also uh, 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 he he listens all the time, and I know this, so I'm I'm totally. Oh, he's the other one. (laughs) Yeah, I'm poking the bear here, Um, but. no, we'll just wait until the Hounds win their first three and then we'll bring them on and say like, so what, you know, again, not that that's going to reflect that we're going to finish higher than ninth, but just say like, hey, so what did you see that we're not seeing now? And uh, let's talk about it. So the only reason why he has DF or DF, sorry, the only reason why he has DCFC uh, so high is because he's afraid of their fans. <laughs> that's right. He doesn't get bullied yeah. online like he always does with them. That's right. Yeah. Friggin' Detroit. So, so what are you saying, Josh? We need to up our bully game to get higher in the rankings. That's what no. you're saying. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Listen, we got a we got a player shield that says we can just keep doing what we're doing. So yeah, we're good. Yeah. Um guys in jet. No trophy. Well, yeah. That, yeah. Um I guess we'll just wrap this with Josh. How are you feeling? I mean, uh, I'm not feeling particularly like, yeah, we got this this season, but I also, I, it's way too early to have really any thoughts at this point. Like it's Agreed. right now. It's just preseason. Just wait until the first game and start seeing how it shakes out after those first couple, you know, 10 games, look at the tables and then make some judgments. Yeah. Agreed. Kev. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the only thing um, that could change my opinion on what I expect this season to be like, after just being in the middle of preseason is a signing like Dane Kelly and Dane Kelly didn't work out. So like, you know, that has just blown my entire expectations of like what can move the needle for me in preseason. Nothing can move the needle to <laughs> to me at this point. And it's, you know, yeah, it will. I, I trust Lily. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on now? It's becoming more and more apparent that uh, like Dick is going to be hard to beat. And keeper this year. I can't get it together. 
Uh, okay, we're just gonna leave it at that. Um, guys, one other thing I will I will sort of uh, like inside baseball sort of share with you guys. We did have a um, uh, sort of Mongols powwow to sort of talk about what the future of the show is. And um, I think that the exciting thing is that we're kind of growing and expanding and sort of moving some things and and trying to introduce some new faces and voices and getting the conversation to include more people than uh, we sort of had in the past. So um, the three of us aren't really going anywhere. You're still going to hear us a lot over the course of the season, but there may be weeks where, you know, maybe I'm not, you know, leading things off and maybe it's somebody else. And so we're, we're really excited uh, we've always said from the start of this that we want this to be sort of a water cooler where more people hang out and uh, and it's gotten really easy. Like we like talk, the three of us love talking to each other. I think even if there wasn't a show, we'd probably just get together and talk to each other. The fact that it's recorded in live just happens to be a thing. Um, but uh, I am excited to get some additional thoughts because again, we've done this for eight seasons. So our our perception of the team and uh, how things are done are going to be very different from some people who might be new to the team and, you know, might see things in a different way. And so I'm really excited to sort of see what shakes out over the course of the season. Uh, I'm not saying it's all going to happen right away, but uh, definitely some things that are coming that uh, keep an eye and ear out for. And we love your feedback. So if you guys have any thoughts on things or if there are people that you think would be great voices to add to the show, feel free to let us know. You know, we're, we're still on X or Twitter. Um, we're also on threads. You can also leave a comment on this video on YouTube. Um, or if you listen to the music or, or if you listen on, you know, YouTube music, whatever, I think you leave comments there as well. Um, or leave a comment on your, you know, whatever podcast player you use to listen. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll get it some way that way too. So, um, yeah, lots of cool stuff to come in this season. Guys, anything else uh, for this one? That's all I got. Cool. If you haven't already, make sure you go, uh, first of all, RSVP, go check out the kit reveal on Wednesday night. And then Saturday, AGM, two o'clock, Highmark Stadium. Should be a lot of fun. Make sure you get there. Otherwise, thank you, everybody, as always. I am sure that we will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. <laughs>